Church, the OCD Church, which stands, um, uh, which, <clears throat> I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Anyways, OCD Church. <laughs> so yes. You want to know why that just happened? To get you out of an OCD church. And with that, we do not want to be in an obsessive church disorder. Where we are so structured that we structure the presence of God right out of the service that we want to invite him into. And so with that, I want you to begin to pray with me this morning as we begin to launch into what God has shown us as a church. And so as you're looking for Ezekiel chapter number one this morning, I want to find a place for you to get planted. And that's our theme for the year, that you have fruits exactly where you are, but roots where you're growing into. And we want to find you a place to start developing roots. And so last year, last week, we launched into a vision. We lost into a vision last week about how we can get you roots right where you are. And a lot of you realize this, that throughout all the years of church, God's done an amazing job of growing TWBC, but we've missed you in a lot of areas. That you come faithfully, you're here regularly, that the power of God is moving in your life, but yet we put a lot of attention in a lot of other areas. And so we want to begin to change that. As God has says, Joel, your church that you're pastoring is doing very, very well, but yet I hold this one thing against you. And you know, when God says, I hold it against you, I'm ready to fix it quickly so it's not against me anymore and it starts working for me, amen, and what God has going on. And so what we want to do is find you, show you what God has been doing from heaven's perspective. And so real quick, if you didn't get one of these last week, I want you to pick one up this week. It's the vision of what God's going to be doing over the next few months here at TWBC, how it'll change the culture of TWBC for a lifetime. And so when we begin to change these things, I want you to realize that church what if it doesn't look like you imagined it to look in your head? What if it doesn't look like that? And so we want to uh, encourage you that we haven't forgotten about the new facilities that we released last year, the vision of what we released last September. We're still working on that. It's our 2020 vision. We're not concerned about being in a brand new building until the year 2020. It's only the year 2018. So we got a couple years before we can even, uh, so before we fulfill the vision, that part of the vision of God for our life. But what does it profit us as a church if we have this awesome big project, but you're only called to the project and not to the promiser of the project? And so we want to change the concept. We don't want you to belong to TWBC because we're in a project. We want you to belong to TWBC so when the project's done, you still have a place to belong. Also, at TWBC, if you feel lost in a building this size, how are you going to feel when we get in a building twice this size? And so here's what we want to do. You are more important than any project. You are more important than any project. And I want to encourage you that we're going to put great emphasis on you as you are this person that we're looking for to get planted here with us because you're more important than any project. Also, our students and our kids, what about them? We know that our students and kids' ministry are doing absolutely amazing. They're growing at unprecedented rates, and God is doing amazing things. And so it's TWBC's desire to create an environment that by the eighth grade, our kids can live as true followers of Christ in a world that does not. We want your kids to live as true followers of Christ in a world that does not. We're going to teach them the identities, thoughts, acts, and ways of God and how to live it out and be unashamed of that. And so we have to make a change in our Wednesday night services beginning in July, uh, July 11th. This becomes a complete youth kid facility on Wednesday night. This is not necessarily a want to change. This is a necessity change. 
for the spiritual formation of our kids. And so we want you to know that as we don't just want to do this, we're not just changing things for the sake of changing it, this is a necessary change. And with that, we're not forgetting about you because you are that important. We're launching into something called group lives. Group life. What is group life? Group life is this. It's where you can serve, you can grow, and you can know. Base groups have been great, but they haven't fulfilled the void in the church that we've desired for it to fill. So we're opening it up completely. And we want you to serve. We want you to find a place that you can serve at TWBC. Because if you don't serve, you're not going to be fulfilled. And if you're not fulfilled, you're not going to stay for long. We also want you to find a place to connect and grow. We want you to grow relationally with the people in the church. Because if God continues to grow the church, we want you to have a place to belong right here at TWBC with us. And get into a grow group. We also want you to be involved possibly into a no group. What is a no group? That you know Christ in a way you've never experienced him before. Some of those will be done through Bible study groups. Some of those will be done through activation groups. Some of those will be done... With, with just as we get together in smaller groups and, and, and study the word of God together and break it out in an amazing way. We want you to not just serve in the kingdom, not just grow in the kingdom, but we want you to know who established the kingdom. Amen? And that's Jesus Christ. And so we want those things to be a part of your life. Next week's going to be a pivotal week at TWBC. Pastor Jeff's going to be bringing an amazing message where we are going to draw out of you what is deep in your heart next week. We're going to begin to draw it out of you what's deep in your heart next week so we can create group life around you, not around us. We don't want to throw a bunch of groups out there and say, now try and fit into one of these groups because then it's not you. We want to draw out what's in your heart and create groups around what you want to be created. And when we created them around your desires, your interests, your callings on your life, then you then begin to create the formation of the church itself. So listen, the church is no longer formed and created by what pastor thinks in a vision. It's formed and created by your desires, what God draws out of your heart. And we're going to watch God accomplish it in an amazing way. And so the ease of group life is this. It's you plus two. And you talk about God, you pray together, and you commit to seeing one another at church on Sunday mornings. Church is really that simple. And we've made it so much more. And so also the final thing we're going to do is we want you to connect quickly. We want you to connect quickly. Therefore, we, we, we've um, made a brand new position in our church, a pastoral position, where Pastor Damon is going to be transitioning over from student ministries pastor to a connect pastor role. And in that connect pastor role, he's going to walk with families just like you and even some of you and find a place for you to get planted and either serve, grow, or know and watch how God moves in your life. Pastor Corey Hankins is going to step in and he's going to begin to run all student ministries and he's well qualified to do the job that's at hand. And so we want you to connect quickly but we also want you to commit to us that you'll get dirty with us because what happens when it doesn't look like this pretty picture that I had planned in my head what happens when it doesn't look like that and so here's the timeline of all these things April 29th next Sunday we're gonna start implementing some group life stuff we're gonna draw out of you what's deep in your heart the Bible says the purposes of a man are like deep waters and a man of understanding draws it out so we're gonna begin to draw out what's deep in your heart. Then June the 7th, Pastor Damon, it's the last day of youth camp, will transition over into his pastoral role. He's going to take a couple weeks vacation. Then he's going to go and take some formal training at some other churches who already got a position. And then he's going to come back and bring... that church do when it happened? What did that church do when it happened? What did that church do when it happened? It doesn't matter what they did because it was a different fire, a different area, a different time, a different time frame. 
Everybody says, oh God, give us a revival like the last one. You're almost asking him to do the impossible. The only reason it's not is because he's God. <laughs> but why would you want one like the last one when he wants you to give you one currently for this one? And so with this, I want us to begin to understand that no two fires are the same. So as we're in this message today, example number one of OCD church. So what happens when, in church when it doesn't turn out like I pictured it in my head? So I need you to grab on. Some of this may make some of us a little uncomfortable because some of us are OCD type people. Some of us like things in a neat little box, perfectly in an order. Some of us like things the way we think it should be in our head and it wasn't that when it doesn't line up the way we have it in our head, we freak out. And so the only point of my message this morning, out of all the scripture we will read, is this. So what happens when church does not turn out like I pictured it in my mind? When you found Ezekiel chapter number one, say I'm there. Let's start in the first verse. And I may read the whole chapter. I may read just to a certain point until the Spirit releases me to say, hey, the point's been gotten across. Thank you. Thank you. But I want you to understand what we're reading here. It says, in the 13th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month. So this was not just something. This was an event. Remember, see how specific that is? In the 13th year, the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, I was among the exiles by Chabar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Now, this is Ezekiel writing this. So Ezekiel say, I saw visions of God on the fifth day of the month. It was the fifth year of the exile of the king. And the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of the Lord, the son of Abuzai, in the land of the Chaldeans. So listen, you can even be in captivity and get visions from God. They were in captivity and got a vision from God. So you can be in the midst of an ungodly world and be living as a priest in the kingdom of God and get visions from God even in the midst of the most ungodliness that's going on. I, I love that. that. That's inspiring. That means our church can receive the power of God in the midst of an ungodly region. Amen. And what's going on. And so let's go down to verse 4. And it says, As I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud with brightness around it and fire flashing forth continually. And in the midst of the fire, as it were gleaming metal, and from the midst of it came the likeness of four, everybody say four, four, four living creatures. And their appearance was this. They had human likeness, but each had four faces. Everybody say four. Each had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet looked like a calf's foot. And they sparkled like burnished bronze. Now listen, if something like that showed up in church where everybody could see it, most of us would not say this is the glory of God. Some of you would start running and trying to cast out demons. What happens when church doesn't end up looking like I pictured it in my mind? Now listen, let's read on a little bit. Under their wings and on their four sides they had human hands and and their four hand, and and the four had their faces and their wings thus their four, excuse me um wings touched one another each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went as for the likeness of their faces each had a human face 
The four had the face of a lion on the right side. The four had the face of an ox on the left side. The four had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces, and their wings were spread out above. Each creature had two wings. Each wing touched the wing of another, while two covered their bodies, and each went straight forward. Wherever the Spirit would go, they went, and without turning, as they went. So they went wherever the Spirit of God went, and they didn't have to turn because they could see in all directions. Man, that's pretty awesome. But still, if that manifested right here in the center aisle between Frank and Jason, some of y'all be happy. I'm glad it's between Frank and Jason. Because there's an exit door, and there's an exit door, and there's an exit door, and I can make it to the back door. This is in the Bible. We are a Bible-believing, Bible-based church, but somehow we have forgotten what some of the scriptures in the Bible say. And the Bible says this, and I'll, I'll tell you again at the end. And Ezekiel says in the last verse, verse 28, it says, And this is what the glory of God looked like to me. That's the glory of God? So every time y'all are praying, oh God, bring us your glory. <laughs> You're asking for four creatures <laughs> with four faces. So you got 16 faces and four creatures that don't have to turn around and look because wherever the spirit goes, they go, but they can see in all directions. They look at a, the form of a human, but they got feet like a cow. They said it had calves feet. I, I mean, they, do, do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm not going to sit here and try and interpret, uh, interpret all this to you. I don't know what half of this stuff means or even really looks like. My mind is still trying to wrap around some of this stuff. The only point I'm trying to make is this. What happens when? We move into this vision that God has given us, but it doesn't turn out like you thought it should and how you pictured it in your head. What happens when that happens? I'm just going to read on because it's fun to keep reading some of this story. Each creature had two wings, and each um, wing touched the one of another, and the two covered their bodies, and they went straight forward. And wherever the Spirit would go, they went, and without turning as they went. For the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like the burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches moving to and fro among the living creatures. And the fire was bright. Come on. And out of the fire. You know how many times it's mentioned fire so far? I'm telling you, when the fire comes, amazing things happen. And out of the fire went forth lightning. Hey, that's even better. And the living creatures um, darted to and fro like the appearance of flashes of lightning. So they move so quick, it's like lightning. I guess I'm the only one amused by this. Some of y'all look like, some of y'all are looking freaked out. Some of y'all are looking like, Pastor, why are you reading this? I'm telling you why I'm reading this. Because when the glory of God shows up in your little U plus two group that he will show up in, and he shows up in a way that you weren't expecting. I don't want you to be caught off guard. I pray that the Spirit of God will quicken this service into your memory. That when the Spirit of God shows up, as you're praying for one another at the coffee shop, or at a kayaking trip, or in your study group, when it shows up, you'll recognize the Spirit of God because where the glory of God is, there's still the peace and the presence of God is in your life. And even though it doesn't look like you think it should or how you pictured it in your mind, you cannot discount that it is not God. Now listen, I'm going to keep reading. This gets fun. Now, as I looked at the four living creatures, I saw a wheel on the earth beside the living creatures, one for each of the four of them. As for the appearance of the wheels and their construction, their appearance was like the gleaming of burl, and the four had the same likeness, their appearance and the construction being, as it were, a wheel within a wheel. And they went, and they went in any of the four directions without turning as they went. 
and the rims were tall and awesome, and the rims of all four were full of eyes all around. <laughs> so now you've got a wheel within a wheel that can go any direction it wants, full of eyes to go however it wants and to see whatever it wants to see. See, I wanted to call this message Messy Church. <laughs> Pastor Corey came up with a lot better title called OCD Church. Our obsessive church disorder that we think it's got to be a certain way. What happens when it doesn't turn out like I pictured it? Like it doesn't turn out like I pictured this time frame working out so not so good. <laughs> now listen, I'm going to keep reading. God hadn't told me to quit. And their rims were tall and awesome, and the rims of all four were full of eyes all around. And when the living creatures went, and the wheels went beside them, and when the living creatures rose from the earth, the wheels rose with them. Wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went, and the wheels rose among them, and, uh, along with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. So the spirit of the living creatures wasn't in what their figure looked like that kind of resembled a man in parts with calves' feet. It was in the wheels that helped them go up and down and all around. Y'all need to go back and read Ezekiel a little bit more. When those went, they went. And when those stood, they stood. And when those rose from the earth, the wheels rose among with them. For the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Over the heads of the living creatures, there was the likeness of an expanse, shining like an awe-inspiring crystal spread out uh, above their heads. And under the expanse of their wings were stretched out straight and toward another. And each creature had two wings covering its body, and they went. And I heard the sound of their wings, like the sound of many waters, like the sound of the Almighty, a sound of tumult, like the sound of an army. So basically, it sounded like Niagara Falls. So loud you can't talk. That's what it sounded like. And when they stood still, they let down their wings. And there came a voice from above the expanse over their heads while they stood. They let down their wings. And above the expanse over their head, there was the likeness of a throne. Amen. Come on now. In appearance like sapphire. And seated above the likeness of the throne was a likeness with a human appearance. And upward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw it as it were gleaming metal like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. Come on, that's good. There's fire again. And downward from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw it where the appearance of fire, and there was the brightness around him, like the appearance of a rainbow that is in the cloud on the day of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness all around him. Now listen to his last part here. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw that... I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of the one who was speaking. I love the way um, the New Living Translation says it. Ezekiel said this, This is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. OCD church, example number, number two. Remember, the only purpose of this whole message is, so what happens when church doesn't look like I pictured it in my mind. It's John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. It says, and then he passed by, he saw a blind man born from birth, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, so, uh, that, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not this man that sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now listen, I'm going to tell you this. The disciples had a wrong perspective. They were looking at a sin issue. Jesus was looking at a glory issue. 
Too many times in the church we're busy looking at sin issues, trying to place blame on sin, when God's saying, I want you to look at a glory issue because I can even make the worst of a worst situation turn into a glorious one if you'll look at it from heaven's perspective where you're seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. That wasn't in my notes, but you had to hear it. And he said, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground. Jesus, really? You are the son of God. See, a lot of us come too familiar with this scripture because you think, oh, that's just normal. Yeah, Jesus spit in the ground and made mud and put it in a guy's eyes that were blind and he began to see. Now, now listen to the rest of this passage. He is the son of God. He can call down, uh, he said he could call five legions of angels, 60,000 angels, and this is how he decides to heal somebody? He spit on the ground and made mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to a blind man, get up and go wash. Does anybody else find that amusing? Jesus, he's blind and you're telling him to leave and go wash. <laughs> he's blind. Somehow a blind man had to figure out how to get from where he was at to a pool. That means sent. Come on. And washing it to receive his healing. When all Jesus had to do is see. Open your eyes and see. Now listen to the irony of this. The disciples thought it was a sin issue. Jesus said it was a glory issue. Jesus spit and made mud. Why Jesus got to make mud to heal somebody, I don't know. He tells the blind man to get up and go wash in a pool. That means sin, the pool of Siloam. And he received his healing. What happens when church doesn't look like you think it should look? What happens when that takes place? Now I want us to commit to one thing. I want us to commit to getting dirty. Proverbs 14.4 says this. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but an abundance of crops comes by the strength of the oxen. I'm going to ask Robert Stout to come up here real quick. And guys, put that picture of a newspaper clipping up that's on there. If you would, put that on the screen. Twelve years ago, we had an amazing transition. Our first service in this building. Our first service in the facility that you think is normal, that you call home. That you are like, wow, this is just normal, it's comfortable, it's good, everything's good. That day, March 5th, wasn't too comfortable for a lot of people. Wasn't too comfortable for Pastor Joel. When we brought everything that we owned and purchased, and it was in one little square... <laughs> Right in the middle of the sanctuary, and we said, oh God, what have you done? How will you ever fill this building with people? Right? Now I want you to put the next picture that's up there. Who is that? That's the first cookout we ever had at TWBC. And I wanted Big Rob to come. I call him Big Rob. You can call him Robert Stout. You can call him whoever you want. He's Big Rob to me. I wanted him to come just for a minute. He made the transition with us. Him and Tina did and their boys that were used to be this little are now this little. Right? Made the transition with us over from old building to new building like several other people have as well. And asked him to share briefly on what it was like and how he embraced the transition moving to the new building at TWBC. Briefly. Boy, I'll try to keep this short. I'm not going to lie to you. This morning, I'd like to talk to you about change and transition. 
these are two words that strike fear and anxiety in most people. I know I was one of them. Just like Joel said, Tina and I started over on Glover Street whenever the entire building would literally have fit right here. See, I was happy. Us four and no more. Joel came to me one day and he said, Big Rob, I found some land out on 2560. We're going to buy it and we're going to build a church. My heart jumped up in my throat. And I know he said some other stuff other than that, but all I could hear was my heart going boom, boom, boom. But that was okay. You know, God was going to see us through. Tina and I had just started visiting the way whenever all of this took place. And to say the least, that we had left the church where we were very, very involved. And we were scared about jumping into another church full force. But that was okay. God was going to see us through. But after Joel, he told me, hey, Big Rob, we're, we're going to buy this land and we're going to build a church. That day, I went home. We left church. Tina and I had drove home. And for the, the rest of the day, for the most part, I was quiet, if you can believe that. You see, that night, whenever I laid down in bed and I closed my eyes to say my prayer, God quickened my spirit. And he said, Big Rob, remember that conversation that you and Joel had living room. Yeah, Lord, I remember that. And whenever Tina and I joined, Joel came to the house and, and he talked to Tina and I at great length about the church, about the vision, and about what he had planned for us. And, and Tina and I, boy, we fired the questions at him. And Joel never missed a beat. I'm not going to lie to you. Boy, he answered them to the best of his ability. But out of all the things that were said and all the things that were talked about that day, Joel said one thing that stood out in my mind then and still stands out to this day. He looked me dead square in the eyes and he said, Big Rob, I promise that I will keep my eyes focused on the Lord and seek his guidance daily. I stand before you today and I can tell you wholeheartedly that Joel is a man of his word. He seeks God daily, and he expects no less from his staff, from the elders, and even of you. So whenever we make the transition, or whenever we're about to make the transition, I can truly tell you that God is in the driver's seat. Joel is just matching the path. Okay. With that being said, and all of this, I want to talk about the moving day. This was the second confirmation from God that we were doing the right thing. The morning of the move, Tina and I showed up. All the church members had, had embraced change, if you will, in the transition. All the members showed up that morning, and they jumped out of their vehicles. They saw a task. They saw a need. There was no questioning. There was nobody standing there with a whip cracking and saying, hey, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that. That's not the way it was. And folks, whenever I tell you we moved everything, we moved everything. Even the storage building setting out here, we put it on the trailer and we moved it out here as well. You know, God showed up in a mighty way. I say that to say this. God is here and moving in a very, very mighty way. With that being said, change doesn't come easy. Transition doesn't come easy. But you have to embrace it. Okay? Without the church members, without the guidance, the leadership, 
the vision and the willingness for change and transition, this may not have been possible. You see, we started here with about 60 plus people. Easter Sunday, 1,300 people came through that door. That's what it's about. I want to close with this and say this, a, a small quote, if you will. Growth. Growth is just a temporary release of security. That's all it is. It's just a word. That's what we're doing, is we're in the process of growing. It's going to be fine. God's in the driver's seat. Amen. Love you, Big Rob. And so this morning, I want to go ahead and invite the, the prayer team to begin to come and the worship team to come on up. And I want to finish with this. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but an abundance of crops comes by strength of the oxen. There's not one time in the history of my life when I get ready to go outside and work, whether it be cutting down trees, planting a garden, mowing a yard, digging a ditch, or any other scenario that I don't plan on getting dirty, right? Whenever you go out to mow the yard, you plan on getting dirty. Whenever you go outside to dig a ditch, you plan on getting dirty. Whenever you go outside to plant a garden, you plan on getting dirty, amen? Well, God's planting something with TWBC. So my commitment and my ask of you to this is will you plan to get dirty with us? Will you plan to flesh this out with us? Will you plan to help us move forward in this? And man, let's get dirty together. Because you know some of the funnest times we ever had on this property was before the building and the slab was even laid of getting dirty. We tore out fence row. We built fence row. We cut down trees and everything. And we got dirty together. Why has church become so pretty that we can't go and get dirty together? I want us to get dirty together. And the funny thing about the Proverbs in Proverbs 14.4 is this is that you have to fill in the blanks. Where there are no oxen, fill in the blank. There's also no production. But an abundance of crop comes by the strength of the oxen. Fill in the blank. But where there is ox, there's also stuff to get cleaned up. So what about TWBC's proverb? Where there is no growth, the church seems organized, content, and very pretty. But great harvest comes by the fire of God. So where there is no growth, spiritual and numerical, the church seems organized. The answer is, church is about me then and not what my father wants to see. I don't want to stand before him one day and say, Joel, you started off great, but towards the end it became about you because you didn't want to see people born again. You weren't concerned about their discipleship. You weren't concerned about my spirit falling in this place and transforming of lives and spiritual growth. You were happy with it becoming pretty and you were too afraid to pull your hands out of your pocket and get your hands dirty. Not anymore. We're going to get dirty. All of you people who like to hunt, you kill a deer, you're not clean. Your, your hands aren't clean when you're done cleaning it. <laughs> but you love the meat that comes from it. But a great harvest comes by the fire of God. What's the answer? Fire changes everything it touches. Can you trust him moving forward in what you'll only be able to see clearly when you look back on it? Five years from now, we're going to look back on this and say, wow, that was the greatest thing we could have ever done as a church is embrace growth, embrace getting our hands dirty, embrace change. Remember, fire is a lot like a fingerprint. There are only two fires, no two fires 
has ever been the same. Example number three. So what happens when church doesn't turn out like I pictured it in my mind? I love this verse of scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.8. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had understood what was going on, they would have never crucified Jesus Christ, the King of glory. None of the rulers of this age understood what was happening, Paul writes to the church in Corinth. None of them understood, because if they knew, they wouldn't have ever crucified him. Listen. What happens when church doesn't turn out like I pictured it in my mind? You know, when I picture if I were God, how I would have sent my son to save the world and all lost and dying humanity, I wouldn't have chose the cross as my means, right? I would have been more like Peter, God, bring the army. If Jesus could have called five legions of angels, bring the army. Let's bring the power. Let's bring it like Peter said. Do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them, God? Let's bring it. I didn't expect the God of all creation to save my soul and make me born again by using two pieces of wood and hanging his own son on a cross. But I'm so grateful he did. He didn't do it like I, ex I would have expected him to do. But hey, isn't that why he's God and I'm Joel? So my question to you is this morning, very first one, this service may not have been like you expected it to be, but did you feel the presence of God in your life? This service may not have been all you thought it would have been, or it may have been different then, but can you say the presence of God was here? I can, absolutely. And some of you are here this morning for the very first time saying, I just need something that I'm seeing from the people in here and I don't know what it is. I'm telling you what it is. What you need is Jesus. And you're thinking, Jesus, I want the Jesus to come in power and fix all my problems. He's going to come in a way that'll prove that he is the son of God and it'll change your life. Because this is how he comes. It says, by faith, we understand. But a lot of people want to reverse that and say, but God, I want to understand, and then I'll have faith. <laughs> but see, then it's like you pictured it, not like God pictured it. This morning, if you need to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, I want you to come by faith, trusting in him. You, won't, you don't see what's happening, but when you look back on it, you say, I see clearly what he was doing all along. You know, I don't fully see how it's going to look at the end of five years at TWBC in the next five years. But I know at the end of five years, I'll look back and say, Whoo, Pastor Mitch, God was in that thing. I'm so glad I decided to, by faith, I'll understand one day, rather than to say, I'm not moving by faith till I understand today. I'm asking you to take a step of faith. I'm asking you to step out there this morning. So the first thing is, if you don't know Christ, I want you to receive him. The second thing is this. Will you commit to getting dirty? Will you commit to it? Today's your day of committal. God, I'm going to get dirty. And listen, I, I said this to my staff and I've said this to my elders before I ever preached this message. And I said this, and this will show you the transparency of my heart. What if we do all this and it fails miserably? And in fact, it fails so miserably, half the church leaves. What if it fails like that? I said this to my staff and elders. I said, I still believe I serve a God who's big enough that if all this fails miserably, he can redeem it all and bring it back and make it better than it ever was. And so with this step, 
Your pastor is saying, I'm stepping out there by faith. I don't fully see how it's going to look, but I'm going by faith on this one. Because you're too important for me not to take a step of faith. Stand with me this morning. I don't want you to wait long at this altar call. I'm going to ask all of you to just begin to pray. I'm going to ask many of you to step out by faith and come to the altar and begin to intercede. If you don't know Christ, come and pray with any one of us. If you do know him, I'm asking you to commit something. Just simply commit to getting your hands dirty. And if it all falls apart, I still believe I serve a God that's big enough to fix it all, make it right in spite of me if we've missed him. But here's the thing. I'm taking a step of faith, and I don't believe we've missed him. Here we go. Get ready to come in three, two, one. Come to the altar. Let's worship together.